This is Cruise Radio. I cruise a lot, and I always sail with travel insurance. You should, too. Get a free quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. Coming up on this week's show, we'll get a review of Mariner of the Seas from Don Buccalo. Also, Sherry Kennedy stopping by with Cruise News. So something new I'm, I've been testing out for about the past month or so, and it's called the Cruise Radio News Weekend Update or Flash Briefings, whatever you want to call it. Um, 90 second news briefs I'm doing on Sunday morning. So the reason why I was testing that a lot of people asking, yo, Doug, what's up? Uh, that is because um, I was in the process of building an Amazon Alexa skill for flash briefings. So now if you have an Amazon Echo or an Amazon Echo Dot, you can subscribe to the cruise radio flash briefings on there and you can get daily updates of the cruise news. So for an example, this is a briefing from earlier in the week. Alexa, play my flash briefing. Here's your flash briefing in cruise radio news. With oil prices on the rise, could cruise lines reinstate their fuel surcharge? Cruise lines can implement a fuel surcharge at their own discretion, especially when it becomes as close to $70 a barrel benchmark as it is right now. That was Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. So there you have it. If you have an Amazon Echo or an Echo Dot, all you have to do is open your Amazon Alexa app and search the Cruise Radio News skill in there and just click Enable and you'll be uh, you'll be all set there to have your flash briefings. Now, I realize not everyone has uh, an Echo or Echo Dot. So with that being said, if you'd like me to upload those news briefings on the feed or create another feed for them for you to subscribe to, I'm happy to do that. I just don't want to, I don't want to um, bombard you with audio every single day. Yeah, always open to your feedback. I don't want you to miss out. Doug at cruiseradio.net. Um, you'll decide which direction this goes because I'm here for you, obviously. All right, I'm done rambling. It's time for Sherry to ramble. She's here with Cruise News. Hey, Sherry. Doug. I'm not going to be rambling too much, but a big <laughs> congratulations on launching this Alexa skill that you've put together. Yeah, thanks. It's still the testing stages, and we'll see if it uh, if it takes. Of course, the, the listeners will always be the judge of what I do and what I don't do, so uh, we'll see how that goes. Right to cruise news here. So, uh, some unfortunate news um, out of the Carnival Cruise Lines camp um, aboard Carnival Fascination. Yeah, they uh, opened the door and a 22-year-old crew member was found unresponsive in his cabin. And, you know, that just sort of circles back to, you know, be kind to the crew members. I know I, I witnessed a lot of people just being short-tempered and, and rude to the crew that really bust their chops to make sure that you are having the best time of your life. So. You know, I don't know the reason, and I, you know, none of us probably will ever know the exact reason why this happened, but, you know, be nice to them, and, and maybe, who knows, being nice one day might save a life the next. A smile goes a long way. It really does. Yeah. It really does. Well, our thoughts and prayers are definitely with this crew member and his family and all the friends aboard Carnival Fascination. Moving on here, let's talk about fuel surcharges because they've, they're kind of surfacing to the top again, not being reinstated, but uh, it has people wondering with the price of uh, oil, could it be reinstated? Yeah, this started right about 2008 when the, the big real estate bubble burst and, and people were losing money left and right and the price of barrels of oil started to skyrocket. Well, the cruise lines needed to recoup some losses from people that probably weren't traveling and maybe canceling their 
vacations, so they tacked on a fuel surcharge, which was based on a per-person-per-day fee. I think back then it started at $7 per person, um, and it's written into the, that hidden cruise contract that nobody really looks at, that they have the right, should the price of oil rise above, and it was at that point it was $70 a barrel, they could add on this fuel surcharge. And so the rumors are buzzing again because the price of oil is starting to go up that there might be the reinstatement of a fuel surcharge, which I don't think it was received very uh, happily by most cruise passengers, you know, to see another, what, seven times 40, almost $50 per person tacked onto the cost of their cruise. I'm curious because back then you were you were actively booking cruise passengers on vacation. So did you ever have any pushback or people saying, you know, what's up with this? Yeah, I had to explain it to a lot of people, and uh, you know, they weren't happy about it. And you know, if you if you put it into a different perspective, say you're paying, you know, two people are buying a suite for four thousand dollars for a week, fifty dollars more per person may seem like a drop in the bucket. But for people that are trying to go on their very first ever cruise and barely can afford an inside stateroom, that $50 goes a long way. So, you know, if, if they reinstate this, it may, it may boomerang, you know, it may boomerang back to people not booking, which is sort of, um, you know, it just goes in a cycle where they try to get more money to make up for lost money. And in the meantime, they're losing money. So, you know, it's one of those crazy things. And, and my clients at that point, um, like I said, they were curious about it. They weren't happy about it, but they, you know, most of them did go anyway. So I have a, uh, a quote here from an analyst who I reached out to yesterday. He told me, and I quote, they've stated repeatedly uh, that fuel charges would only be implemented in extreme conditions, price of oil well over $100 per barrel and significant cruise fare declines. You know, that's great for an analyst to say that. And I hope I hope they have raised the benchmark to $100 a barrel because, you know, that's at least, you know, in 10 years, 11 years to go, only $30 increase isn't bad. But And like we said, it's not actually happening yet, but it's worth a conversation. Moving on here, Princess Cruises now has a hamburger they serve on their ships available on land. Yes, it's kind of interesting. It's, they have a restaurant called the Salty Dog Gastro Pub, and it's on select princess ships. But now it's going to be available on land for the very first time, and it's called the Ernesto. It's um, been added as a feature item on the dinner menu of, and here's the chef's name, Ernesto Uchimura's Los Angeles-based restaurant and bar called the Electric Owl. So um, if you're curious what this fancy burger is made of okay get ready it consists of ribeye and short rib beef grilled pork belly caramelized kimchi beer battered jalapeno charred onion aioli and cave aged gruyere um and you know it might sound like a mishmash of things but it's been voted the best burger at sea by cruise critics so if you are a princess fan and love the ernesto burger you can now get that if you're in los angeles at a cost of $25 per burger. (laughs) Royal Caribbean just hosted the largest movie premiere at sea. Talk to us about this. Yeah, well, this was right up my alley because it stars none other than Frasier, Kelsey Grammer. So the movie's called Like Father, and it was filmed on board the Harmony of the Seas. Uh, Who else is in it? Kristen Bell, 
mm-hmm. and Seth Rogen. And it, it sounds cute. It's kind of, you know, it's a fluff movie. Like Father is about, um, well, Kristen Bell plays the daughter. Kelsey Grammer is the father. And she is jilted at the altar, which reminds me of Frazier getting jilted at the altar by uh, Diane. But uh, nevertheless, we'll move on from that. And uh, so she has still has her honeymoon all set and prepared to go. So she says, well, Dad, come on with me instead. So you can imagine it looks like, uh, you know, a May, May, December type couple, but it's really not. And, you know, if it was, and I think Kelsey Grammer probably with his goofy sense of humor and comedic timing and delivery, I think it's going to be a cute movie. It's getting, you know, like uh, uh, three and a half stars. But, okay. you know, if you're a Kelsey Grammer fan and you just want something nice to watch, Go see it. Um, and then also uh, the, the debut took place um, across the board on all of the sort of Oasis class. It was the Oasis and the Allure, the Symphony and the Harmony. And, um, you know, they show pictures of, you know, scenes are filmed in Boleros, the Perfect Storm, Flow Rider, along the Promenade, etc. And they even did some shooting in Labadee. All right, Roger Ebert, are you done? Uh, just about. I, you know, I, you said I was going to ramble, and I just did. <laughs> listener question here from Kay. Hi there, longtime listener, first-time emailer, smiley face. Are there ATMs <laughs> on cruise ships, and is there a crazy fee associated with pulling money out, sailing on Oasis of the Seas next month, and so excited? Well, Kay, yes, there is a crazy fee. I was just on the Oasis last November and December, and, of course, I had to use the ATM. And to the best of my knowledge, it was $4.95 to use it. And, you know, it can go up. Who knows? But um, you know, here's what I always tell people to do. Um, go to the casino. You can use your sale and sign card and put money against it. So maybe if you need $50, you know, give it to the, the, croupier or the, you know, the, the dealer or whomever. They'll come by, you'll sign a slip, you'll get the chips for 50 or 100 or whatever you need. And then, you know, play one hand, leave, and then go take your winnings or your losings to the cashier, cash out, and you will get cash back. If you want to learn how to game the system, that's Sherry at (laughs) CruiseMaven.com. Tanya writes, Hi, Doug. As a solo cruiser on Carnival, can I bring two 750-milliliter bottles of wine since I paid the single supplement fee for the room? Matt over at Royal Caribbean Blog says you can on Royal Caribbean, so I'm wondering if it's the same on Carnival. Well, unfortunately, it's not. When I Again, I'll go back to the Oasis. I did bring two bottles of wine on for myself, well, to share with others. <laughs> not that bad. But um, I just checked with Carnival, and no, even though you're paying double, as a solo traveler on Carnival, you are still only allowed to bring one 750-milliliter bottle of wine. So you can't bring two for the extra bed that you paid for, just one. You know what I'm going to do? Later on today, I'm sailing on Carnival Triumph. I'm going to the store, and I'm going to go buy two cheap bottles of champagne and see if I can get through with them in my backpack. <laughs> right? Well, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll report back next best. week and let you know, because it's if you're paying double occupancy, you should be able to bring two bottles of wine. I think so, too. Buy, buy one nice one and then one junky one and see what happens. Yeah, here. You can always, if they confiscate it, you can leave the junky one behind and still have a good one. All right. Talking with Sherry Laskin at CruiseMaven.com. Talk to you next week, Sherry. See you then. Have one more question here about going over to St. John. She says, 
I have one more question here about going over to St. John. Doug, we are booked on Oasis of the Seas in St. Thomas in February and would like to see St. John. We don't see any excursions to St. John in the Royal Caribbean Cruise Planner. Any idea why? Do you think it may be too early? Thanks, Dan. Uh, So I turned this one over to the Royal Caribbean expert, Matt Hotchberg, over at uh, royalcaribbeanblog.com. This is what Matt had to say. Hey, Doug, thanks for sending me Dan's question about getting to St. John from St. Thomas. And first of all, it is an awesome place to visit. So you definitely want to check it out and go to St. John. It's actually really easy. I did it for the very first time last year. Uh, now, if Royal Caribbean is not offering an excursion, keep checking back because excursion offerings can change from time to time. I did notice that they did offer excursions before when I went there, but that was prior to the hurricanes of 2017. So perhaps so there's been a change in the policy. But that being said, getting to St. John on your own is really easy. It sounds like it's a little difficult, but it's actually not. And in retrospect, I think actually it's very simple to do. There's two primary points for taking a ferry to St. John. You have to take a ferry to get there, either from Crown Bay or Red Hook. Crown Bay is where your cruise ship will be docking at. That's downtown, essentially. And then Red Hook is on the east side of St. Thomas, and it's a lot closer to St. John, like as in proximity. So it's a shorter ferry ride. The Crown Bay Ferry uh, is Pretty much a similar ferry, if I'm not mistaken, the same one that Royal Caribbean excursions take. The benefit of this ferry, the Crown Bay Ferry, is that it returns very close to the cruise ship, which means taking a taxi is either unnecessary or going to be significantly cheaper. Of course, the ferry ride is about double the length, and there are a lot less ferry rides offered throughout the day. Red Hook, as I mentioned, is an area on the east side of St. Thomas, and it offers a very short ferry ride, about 15 to 20 minutes, uh, that goes you from Red Hook in St. Thomas to St. John. Now, the issue is it'll require a taxi ride to reach Red Hook, but we felt in my that it was better to go to Red Hook because the ferry ride was shorter and more frequently offered, so that meant there were a lot more options in terms of not only getting to St. John's, but also back to St. Thomas. Of course, there's a taxi ride involved with it, too, so there's a cost. And ferry service from Red Hook runs every hour on the hour. You can actually consult the ferry website uh, at the Virgin Islands website. There's uh, vinow.com. For exact fare and schedules, you can get an idea of both schedules and see what's going to work uh, best for you. So uh, the, the short of it is it, keep checking back to see if Royal Caribbean offers one. Um, but going on your own is actually very easy to do, and it act- offers you a lot of different options, especially if you want to maybe uh, vary what you're doing in St. John, especially if you're looking to maybe even do some more things outside of that. We'd love to hear your comments. Email comments at cruiseradio.net. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. We know you can't go on every single cruise. So we do it for you. Find over 200 ship reviews and money-saving tips at cruiseradio.net or search Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio. So Don and his wife Heidi just returned from a three-night cruise on Royal Caribbean's Mariner of the Seas. Uh, A three-night, I guess we're going to call it booze cruise, Don, right? Because it was just a quick little Nassau weekend getaway. I think some people refer to it as that. Sure. Yeah, if, you, you got the drink package too. I mean, let's be honest. So it's it's nothing but a booze cruise. How you doing, Don? 
I'm doing well, Doug. How are you? Good, buddy. Thanks for coming on the show to talk about this. I mean, you're literally fresh off the boat. You got back like, what, a few days ago? Yeah, we've been back only a few days back on land. It, it, those short cruises, they, they hit you hard. You, <laughs> yeah. You're on the ship. You, as you mentioned, you might have a couple of drinks and then you're off the ship. Right, exactly. So uh, you're up in the uh, New England area. You had to get to Port Miami. But before we actually, before we get there, let's take a step back and do these pre-cruise thoughts. Because for one, Manor of the Seas just did like this massive refurbishment. Uh, what made you want to sail this cruise? That's essentially the main reason. We had like too large a gap, according to my wife, between our cruises, which is something like two and a half months. So we were just looking at some cruise deals and we have reward points with the Royal Caribbean credit card. So knowing Mariner had just been updated, we did some comparison and we were able to get on the ship at a pretty reasonable rate. So we said, let's go for it and just hopped on. Very nice. And you make your way down to Miami. Did you do any pre-cruise there? We just flew the night before, Mm -hmm. just given July weather and coming, as you mentioned, from New England, we didn't want a chance flying out first thing Friday morning. So we flew in late Thursday night and just had a hotel right near the cruise port. Cool. You get your, uh, make your way over to Port Miami. How was your embarkation there? It was smooth. We are those people who get there early. So we left our hotel probably around 10 a.m. And by the time the Uber dropped us off and we were through security and checked in, it was 15, 20 minutes. Okay, so you would say about 15 minutes from curb to ship? Essentially, yeah. Okay. Have you done this ship before? I did Mariner a long time ago before I met my wife, so Mm -hmm. those are times we do not talk about. Okay. So so given that it is pretty brand new as well, this would be considered my first official time, I guess, on the ship. Okay, so what were your impressions walking on board this time around? I mean, the ship did look brand new. They did a great job during the refurb. They really modernized some of the public venues. Everything looked clean, as if it just rolled out from day one. So we were really impressed with the job they did during the dry dock. Now, is Mariner a ship that has like that massive promenade through the middle of it? It does. It's it's the Voyager class ship. So we actually had sailed on its sister adventure of the seas back in 2015. Mm-hmm. So we were familiar somewhat with the layout, but the Royal Promenade is deck five, I believe. And yeah, it's just one long interior open area. What's the first thing you did once you got on board? Well, we're nerds when it comes to cruising. So we have a ritual where we always go to the top of the ship. I got my new ca- newish camera and we just start taking a bunch of pictures, especially since this ship has some great new outdoor features. We uh-huh. wanted to make sure we captured them before a ton of people were on board. Gotcha. Very good. So uh, what kind of cabin did you book on this sailing and what'd you think of it? We did with just with the deal, we had a guaranteed balcony and they ended up giving us what they call a spacious balcony, which was on deck 10 aft. For a three-day cruise, it was more than adequate. Plenty of space for storage. It was actually roomier than even some of the newer balconies we've sailed on on larger ships. The one thing we would say is even though they spend a good amount of money redoing a lot of the public spaces, it looks like they didn't really touch the cabins. It still had kind of that dated look and feel and color palette, but Mm -hmm. you don't spend that much time in the cabin anyway, so who really cares about that? So you say it's a spacious cabin. Like, How would you put that up against a regular cabin? Well, that's like the category the cruise lines call it. So the official name is the Spacious Balcony. Mm -hmm. Uh, Compared to other balconies we've had on similar ships, I would say it's about the same size. I I don't know the difference, official difference between the regular balcony on this class of ship and this officially titled Spacious Balcony, but... For a three-day cruise, or even a week cruise, really, honestly, there would have been plenty of storage and plenty of room for a couple. So we, we were glad we got assigned that room. I guess it's all in the wording, right? 
It's whatever they are to sell, right? <laughs> exactly, so yeah. balcony versus spacious <laughs> balcony is probably, who knows, 10% bigger or whatever the official difference is. Yeah. But for us, it was more than enough space. Gotcha. Let's talk about dining. Uh, we'll start at the Windjammer Cafe. How was that? Uh, well, we're not usually huge fans of the Windjammer to begin with, mm-hmm. all honesty. And we were actually even disappointed with this one. It felt like of all the great stuff on the ship, because we had a fabulous time, the one area or two that was probably not the best was the Windjammer. I felt like they had the same selections anytime we went in there, not very diverse. So we only ate there, I think, for breakfast one day. Okay. And how about the main dining room? What time dining did you have? We were assigned my time dining because we booked this as a last minute cruise. Mm -hmm. And looking through everything, we decided actually not even to eat in the main dining room for dinner. Instead, we sampled the specialty dining restaurants because they added a few new ones. And over three nights, we said, let's just do specialty dining for once for all three nights. Cool. So let's uh, let's run through those then. So the first night we did the signature steakhouse in the Royal Caribbean, which is Chops. We thought that was probably the best meal we had on the ship. Everything was prepared exactly as requested, and we had some really good service. Uh, Second night, we ate at Jamie's Italian, Mm -hmm. which is kind of their new Italian concept that they have on the Oasis-class ships and now kind of retrofitting on some of their older ships. The dessert there was fabulous. Uh, My wife really liked her meal. I thought my meal was just okay there. And then on the last night, we did something that's new to the ship as well, was the Izumi Hibachi experience, so kind of a Japanese-style steakhouse. And that's always a good time. You have a couple of drinks. The chef cooks a food in front of you and and has some jokes. So we enjoyed that dining experience as well. Did you do any dining packages this time? We had considered it, and honestly, we would have saved money. So if folks are, are thinking about doing specialty dining like we did, we highly recommend that. The only flaw with the Royal Caribbean dining packages is that you can't pre-book anything. So Mm -hmm. some other cruise lines, if you have the dining package, you can go online, right? And you can pick which dinner, what restaurant you want to eat on. Mm -hmm. With Royal, if you book the dining package, you have to make your reservations on board. And knowing it was a last minute booking and actually we we started looking and we couldn't get some times already for Mm -hmm. the restaurants we, we thought we wanted to eat at. So we decided this cruise not to do the dining package, but maybe on a longer voyage, we, we would do that considering we'd have more flexibility and where we want to eat in one night. Yeah, sure. Now, with the drink package you got, did you buy that before your cruise? We did, and Royal runs some deals, so I'm glad we did because we purchased it at, I believe it was $47 a person per day, mm-hmm. and on board they were selling it for $63 a person per day. Oh my gosh, that's a heck of a markup. It is. So wow. they always say, we always get those emails, and I'm thinking, is it really going to be 30% off? But it, that was pretty close to 30% off yeah. those, with those prices. Wow, that's interesting. Uh, so as far as the entertainment, I know this is like a really quick boom, boom, boom type cruise, but what do you think of the entertainment as far as like any kind of production shows you've seen or music around the ship? Yeah, so we kind of bucket those into two separate areas. So they do have a main theater show every night. This also has the ice rink. So one evening they had an ice show, which had a circus theme, which was pretty good. The main theater entertainment honestly was not well attended at all. And the shows were pretty basic. They were comedians most of the time, and actually two comedians we'd already seen on previous Royal Caribbean cruises, but that's just a coincidence, I'm sure. And they only had one night where part of the show had the singers and dancers in the auger show. So the main theater entertainment was just pretty basic, but then around the ship, they had plenty of different venues. They had an English pub mm-hmm. with an acoustic guitar player who was pretty good. The Boleros Latin Club was always busy with a live band and Latin music and dancing. And then they have the nightclub with a DJ, and then they have live music at other venues. So there was plenty of nightlife after you left the show or dinner. 
How was the cruise director on board? His name was Carlos. He was pretty good. You could, he was very visible. Mm-hmm. He was around the ship talking to guests. They did at least one themed party each night or an event, and his he was there or his crew and staff was there. His activities manager was also pretty visible throughout the ship. So I think he put on a pretty good cruise. During this three-night sailing, I realized you had no sea days. It was kind of boom, 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 and back to Miami. But I want to talk about the flow around the ship um, while you were going from port to port. So how was it as far as crowds and congestion? I think the ship handled it well. I don't know how full the actual sailing was. It did feel almost a little empty, but it might just be because there are so much new things to do on the ship that the crowds are dispersed throughout the area. Some stuff's new outside, some stuff's new inside. So it might just be that, but you're right. We were worked at sea at all. So mm-hmm. we spent some time on the ship. It felt pretty quiet. And even when it was all aboard, if you wanted to find a lounge chair, maybe on an upper deck, you could find it. There was a pretty short wait at the bar, which is always busy on these type of cruises. So all in all, the, the traffic and flow felt pretty good. A lot of outside areas were added to this. And I, I saw a couple of photos of, um, I don't even know what it was you were on, but what did you think of it? <laughs> it's called the Skypad. Yeah. How was that? <laughs> the Skypad's pretty cool. It's an interactive trampoline slash virtual reality experience. It was brand new, as you mentioned, to this ship, and now I think they've added it. They're adding it to their other ships coming up. So it's definitely not what we expected. It, it, it takes a little getting used to, but these trampolines are attached to bungees that have some hydraulics. Mm-hmm. So you put on a headset, and you're in one of three or four different games you can play. Okay. And you just jump up and down, and you can get some serious air. It feels like 15 feet, 10, 15 feet. You get up there, and everything's coordinated with the virtual reality. So that was definitely worth it. It is complimentary, too, so a line does form pretty quickly. We, being, again, the nerds we are, made sure to get there at least 20 minutes before we knew it was going to start, and we were among the first in line. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's definitely worth it. You can do it as much as you want. As I mentioned, it's complimentary. So that was pretty cool. And then they added some water slides which were part of the slides they created on the other Oasis classes. And those are pretty fun. How real did that VR experience feel? I honestly have only done one other virtual reality experience. Mm -hmm. So I'm a newbie when it comes to it. It felt, my wife had a little bit better experience than I did. And honestly, I don't have good eyes. So it might partially be I wasn't wearing my glasses because of the way the headset fit. Mm -hmm. So it might partially have been that. But it definitely is coordinated. Like when you go up, you're going up and it's moving she did the candy one, like a Candy Crush game, and I did the space theme one, and I think she had a little bit better experience than me, but it, there could be other reasons why. But it did feel it was coordinated. It definitely felt like you were moving with it when you came up and down. I love I just I love how popular Candy Crush is. It's like it's everywhere now. <laughs> yeah, and I would have never played the game. I don't think either one of us, my wife or I have ever played the game, but yeah. that was it was I think mine was called like Moonwalk or Spacewalk, <laughs> something like that, and hers was called Candy Crush. And I believe there's at least one other option. So if we had more time and the lines weren't so long, I definitely would have played one of the other games. So it was definitely worth doing again. On this cruise, you went to Nassau, Bahamas and the private island, Coco Key. So do you call it Coco Key or Coco K? That is that is a debate. Okay. I, I think they say K, right? Sure. But I know sometimes different islands, it's key. So we call it Coco K, but who knows if we're right. Right. And it's going to be the perfect day at Coco K too, right? The the thing they're opening next year. Cor- the, yeah. And yeah. it has to rhyme, right? Yeah, right. So it has to be K. Okay. So how was your experience on Coco K? <laughs> it was great. We had just been there a few months ago when we did a three-day cruise. Actually, it's probably – it was late last year. So they are adding, as you mentioned, a brand new part of it with the water slides and all this. 
additional cabanas and things. That construction hasn't happened there yet, so I don't know if they're really going to open next year. But the part that is still open that's been there for a while, it was really a perfect beach day. We get off the ship early. We walk down to South Beach, which is one of the furthest away beaches you can get to. And it remained quiet there for hours until eventually the rest of the cruise ship passengers found their way there. So we just relaxed in the sun. The drink package works on the island, so we had some of the signature Coco Loco drinks while we were there and just enjoyed the beach. So is that pier built now? The pier is – I have some pictures and we'll be posting them. Uh, the pier is not done. The pier is supposed to be done November this year. Okay. It looks pretty close. I'm not a construction person either, but once that pier is – built that would help a lot because the tendering process while we got lucky we got right off right when they announced tenders were were running we were probably on literally the second tender out there and then coming back they had plenty of tenders we left the island probably one ish 115 so getting on and off for us was an issue but we've had issues on other times where the tendering process was much worse your photos look like you had a beautiful day there Oh, thanks. Yeah, no, we, we did. It was probably the nicest day we've had on an island in a long time. It was warm, but there was this light breeze, which you almost never get in the Bahamas, right? So we, I didn't want to leave, but the wife was like, we, we've been here long enough. We, we got to go do some other stuff on the ship before the people started heading back. But uh, no, it was beautiful there. And, and the weather in Nassau, too, was, was pretty nice. Dang, Heidi keeping you on task, huh? <laughs> that's, what the, that's what life's <laughs> for. That's so. why... <laughs> I'd be running around crazy if it wasn't for her, right? Yeah. So uh, next day, Nassau, Bahamas. Uh, did you do anything special there? We didn't. We debated doing something because we had the last two times done nothing in Nassau, but we ended up doing nothing <laughs> here again. We did get off and take some pictures. There were a few other ships in Carnival. Victory was in, actually, and then it left. So I don't know if it does an overnight. You might know more than me. It was kind of we pulled in. It was Harmony of the Seas, Norwegian Sky, and then the Carnival – pretty sure it was victory and then a couple hours later you looked and the carnival ship was already gone yeah victory does it overnight um okay there's like a there's like a friday night and then leaves i think first thing saturday morning maybe something like that okay um, yeah so so with those other ships in um in port we just wanted to get off and take some pictures of them and then we got right back on the ship so we were maybe uh, on the pier for 45 minutes uh, half hour 45 minutes yeah okay very good so you make your way back to port miami how was your debark process the disembarkation was smooth. We do the self-checkout, so even though it was a short cruise and many people somehow pack in just a carry-on, we did have one good-sized suitcase and then a carry-on. But we got off, and we were probably from our cabin through customs in an Uber, 30-ish minutes, 35 minutes. Oh, not bad at all. Did you uh, fly out the same day? We did. We flew mm-hmm. out later that day. We had a large, a, a decent-sized gap, so we didn't want to get off too early. Sometimes mm-hmm. we get off right at like 7 a.m. when they let you. So we ended up leaving our cabin probably around 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we were out by 8 a.m. in in the Uber by 8:30, and our flight was one-ish that afternoon. And we fly to Fort we fly to Fort Lauder- from Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. So we do want to get off a little bit early in case there was traffic, and it took us over an hour to get from the port there. So. Good thing we left a little bit on the earlier side and didn't chance. chance I'm just curious, how much was that Uber ride from Port Miami to Lauderdale? Because when I did it back in December, it was like $26. From the Port of Miami to Fort Lauderdale Airport Airport. was $26? $26, correct. Wow. So the original charge was, I want to say like $42, but then because of the traffic, Uber is now doing surcharges for traffic, it was an additional $475 or something for the traffic after the fact. So um, it was under 50 so it had to be like $47, $48. Back to the ship for just a moment. What were your thoughts of this, like the cigarette smoke in or around the casino? 
We didn't necessarily. So the casino has no non-smoking area. So some of the bigger ships do have the smoking area and the non-smoking. So the whole casino is a smoking area. And in fact, people are told to go there if they're inside to smoke. Mm -hmm. But the bar in front of it is the schooner bar. And then you walk through the casino to get to that other popular place. I mentioned Bolero's. When we were sitting in either one of those venues, I didn't I didn't catch any smoke. But definitely in the casino itself, yeah. Like if you're gonna walk through it and you're sensitive to smoke, it there's a strong smoke smell in the casino for yeah. sure. Gotcha. Um, any first time tips to offer anyone sailing mariner of the seas? With some of the things we already mentioned, definitely if you're gonna think about getting one of those dining packages or a drink package, check your cruise planner because they do run deals a lot. And as I mentioned, we saved around 25, 30 percent on the drink package, which was huge for us. If you are going to do a shore excursion, we also recommend booking it before you cruise. And then get up a little early. Again, give credit to my wife, Heidi. I didn't want to get out of bed to go to Coco Cay. I'm like, we're on vacation. Let's sleep in. But we got up, got on that one of the first tenders, and we had the beach to ourselves for hours. So you can sleep on the beach. Don't sleep, don't sleep in your cabin. <laughs> so make use of those facilities and get to places early. We waited in line at the Skypad. 20 minutes by the time it opened, we were among, among the first people on there. The line was easily an hour plus wait. So getting there a little bit early and waiting the 20 minutes was worth it as opposed to getting there right when it officially opened mm -hmm. and seeing that long line. If you get off uh, onto Coco K early, can you get a, a hammock or are those like they charge for those? For the hammocks they have? No, they don't They don't charge for those. They are, we were actually sitting in that general area. Yeah. The, so all the loungers are free. Mm -hmm. If you want like those clamshell things that protect the two loungers, you do need to rent those. I want to say they're around the $40 mark for a couple, so you'd have two chairs. And then they do have cabanas and beach bungalows and all those other things you can rent. But loungers are free. If you, if you can grab one of those hammocks, it's free too. Well, uh, in closing here, Don, final thoughts of Mariner of the Seas. We've been on a few three-day cruises, these short weekend getaways. I don't think I'd go on any other ship again but Mariner. The ship is its new. It has some great new dining and all the amenities on board. It, it's definitely worth checking out, especially since it sails from Miami. And you get to go to Coco Cay, which is a great private island to go to, too. Very good. We've been talking with Don Buccalo from EatSleepCruise.com. He has his ship scorecard there for Mariner of the Seas. If you want to catch it over there, we'll link to it in the show notes at CruiseRadio.net. Don, thanks for being on the show, bud. Thanks as always, Doug. Appreciate it. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.